Please pronounce your name correctly for me. Heinrich Carstens is my name. You are the, what's the term, executive director, director? No, I'm the director of the fair. Director of positions, art Positions fair. and uh, paper positions, with this, uh, which is a special format we created three years ago. Okay. And this is a special art fair for works on paper. Lovely. And we do that in uh, Berlin, where we started. Then we uh, went to Munich. Uh, we are in Basel and in Frankfurt, where we did it for the first time last week. Okay. That was a challenge. Two art fairs in two weeks. I would imagine. But we survived it. Yeah. So, okay. And you, you were one of the founders of this? Yeah. No, so, uh, tell me a little bit of background. Like, what? why would somebody, like anybody in in the world, just go like, you know what I want to do? I don't, I'm not busy enough. I don't have enough life. I want to run an art fair. How'd you get oh, to that That was point? a simple decision. I, I, I'm working in the art market since I'm, I think, 19, 20. I was, you know, I was doing jobs on art fairs in Basel, Cologne, Madrid, just as a job. And, well, suddenly I, I met a lot of artists and gallerists and um, then I opened a gallery by accident and uh, how does one by accident open a gallery well as I said I met a lot of artists and a lot of collectors and I was buying art as a dealer I had no idea what I was buying I had no idea about art contemporary art uh, it was just an investment and uh, because somebody told me that was way back in the 80s uh, some some friends of mine were in the business and they told me uh, if you buy an artwork with a good eye or you have a good advisor, um, you can sell it with a lot of profit um, in into the next two years. So I thought, well, I, I could try that. I invested like 2,000 German marks. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it uh, worked out uh, quite good. So, so, so you entered the arts industry at, on the the idea of investments, kind of thing. Yeah, just to make money. And because I was studying, I had no, you know, you have to do a lot of jobs to survive, and and that was my job to survive. And suddenly, well, if you then you know you invest uh, half of the profit again, and so you know it 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 worked out very good and. Then you meet artists in the studio because the galleries see you as a collector, which I wasn't. But um, yeah, and then there is this moment where there is an artwork you have bought and you don't want to sell it uh -huh. because there is something special between you and the artwork. Mm -hmm. And this is the moment when you are a collector and if you if you ask collectors in the world no matter if they are a small collector or if they are you know like one of these top 10 collectors in the world if you ask them can you can you remember the moment when you bought the work i think almost everybody would say yes of course right it's a piece of time of your of your biography that you buy and that you collect and i can remember whatever i have at, of, of artworks at home if you ask me about the situation and 
the girl I was dating at that time and the music sure. I was listening to and, and the books I was reading, I, I, I still remember that. Mm -hmm. So you have transitioned from sort of the, you know, the financial sort of investment. I was a small dealer and suddenly I was a collector and a dealer. And so the decision was made very quick to, to work directly with artists and, and to present them. So I had a gallery by accident very, very early. I was very young. And it was very successful, but uh, my other love of my life was always music. So I was p producing music, writing songs for other artists. And so I switched again to the music industry, but then I missed art again. So I came back, I was directing some some bigger galleries, doing Art Basel and Armory and, all, and Freeze and all these big um, art fairs. And I always loved I always love to work on or with art fairs. I feel like I should be more intimidated all of a sudden with your resume that you're like throwing out. Should I be scared about interviewing you? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Um, one little question actually I have for a lot of people that I talk to is how did you sort of get created? I know it sounds like a funny way of saying it, but like was your family interested in the arts? Was this like, you know, part of your upbringing or was it like a teacher or schooling or like, you know, how did you come to the arts? My family were very, I, I'm not sure if they were very into this, into this art scene. I think no, but they knew some, some artists and we had a lot of art at home and they wanted me to, to visit a lot of museums and I was absolutely not interested. I found it boring until I was 21 <laughs> yeah. to be honest i never had the, had the idea of doing something with art i, I was, believe i it. wasn't i wasn't interested so what was the thing that flipped it what what like i said there is one work you buy and you you don't want to sell it anymore and you yeah. you try to discuss with the artist you you buy some books you read a lot you see a lot I've seen a lot of art fairs and and uh, and exhibitions in my life, and this was my that was my training. So, what is it about art fairs versus, let's say, studio visits or art galleries or museums that you find so as a visitor? Compelling? You can go. You can talk about it as a visitor, but I'm actually asking for you. Like, why do you enjoy? working in these versus working in some other i'm sure some you have the opportunity to work at galleries and museums i and always loved art fairs because i love the atmosphere it's so it's so intense and concentrated in one week and it's like a theater play on on which side you work if, if you're a collector a visitor or if you are a seller or gallerist for for both sides it's a it's a very intense theater play oh i've been i've been a participant i've worked in art galleries that participated in art fairs i've been an artist in an art fair and i've also been a, a viewer visitor of an art fair like i've i've seen various sides of it and it's very it's a very unique experience yeah for me art is communication and being on an art fair is so intense in terms of you, you meet so many people and you have so interesting discussions i remember so many art fairs i have not produced but but the boost for a gallery i have designed and and you know you have discussions with your artists 
over weeks and you think you know everything about their work and suddenly you have a discussion with a visitor or collector in front of the, the work and he tells you something you haven't seen before sure and this is what it's so so interesting and so you you founded positions six years ago if i understand correctly 2014 yeah 2014. with a colleague okay christian yes and you all have now expanded a lot you yeah. so you're in frankfurt munich basel, basel and berlin yeah and you've now created this additional paper one as well my preconceived notion, so like the idea of the podcast is that basically I'm an idiot and I don't understand anything. So please just help me understand things. My precision was I always saw art fairs as like there was a branding or a marketing company that sort of ran it and then they hired other people to sort of actually do the nuts and bolts of it kind of thing. But this yours seems to be a bit different. You seem to be very integrated and involved in every aspect of it. Yes. Yeah, sure. You have to. We have a, we have a very, also we, we, I mean, it's not only the two directors, you know, creating everything. We have a team which is very young, very motivated. Nobody is from the art market. So, uh, and that makes it maybe a bit special. And our idea when we sat together and thought about founding an art fair, I mean, I think nowadays we have more than 360 art fairs in the world. So there are a lot. In theory, you can visit an opening a day. every day yeah. in the year, and so you have to think about what what makes us different. You know, what do we like on other art fairs? What what is not so perfect in in our mind, in our on, on our point of view? So our main idea was that we wanted to make it a bit more familiar with our exhibitors. Okay. What can we do what you know to support galleries, not only to sell booths and then say goodbye, do you know do something with your visitors. I know that from many many art fairs and you feel so helpless as exhibitor sometimes. Yeah, I mean that's the sense that outsiders we feel like it's just a financial transactions yeah uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, hidden under the guise of an art opening this is true for most of the of the art fairs in the world yeah and so, i don't like that so our way was to say no we see our exhibitors as as part of our family and and we try to find out what you know how can we support all participants what can we do uh, are there collectors groups we can invite what we do and we do very personal guided tours with them christian and me and um yes which you will be doing right after this podcast as yeah, a matter of fact. Like, yeah we have a very short time for this no and this is i mean this is fun for me i i you know i also want to have fun it's not only it's not work I love that. I yes. love what I do. We love what we do. And yeah, we want to introduce visitors to gallerists, artists to gallerists. This is, I think, what makes us a bit, a bit uh, different to other art fairs. Okay. And this idea with paper is also, I mean, that, that happened by accident as well. I mean, we, 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 made, we, we got an offer to, for, for a location here in Berlin, I think in 2016 during gallery weekend. At that time, we only had uh, positions here in September and we wanted to do something during gallery weekend because uh, we have like 150,000 visitors coming to Berlin during this weekend. Wow. So it uh, would have been stupid not to do something. Sure. And uh, so 
somebody offered us a very interesting location and we uh, we have been in there and it was very small and so we decided okay we want to do something but we cannot present large canvases or installations because the the walls were so tiny mm -hmm. so we decided let's do something with paper it's small and not only you know presenting drawings but because there's so much more I was say, like, paper yeah expand on so what that the was idea of paper means because i'm a paper means background, uh, so I'm paper sort of cuts like and objects even installations uh, photo everything which has to do with paper mm -hmm. I love that because as a photographer and a printmaker and other mediums that I've worked in, I often feel like paper works are not as respected and not as well received. But on the other hand, they're great for young collectors. They're a good, yeah, of easy way to I mean, if you ask a collector it. what was the first work you have, you have bought in your life, I think that, that at least 80% would say it was a paperwork. Absolutely, yeah. They're, I mean, they're affordable, they're yeah. you know, manageable kind also of thing. Also small, you know, you yeah. don't need a, you know, if you buy a, I don't know, three by three meter uh, large uh, painting, yeah. Yeah, you need, you need to have the space. space for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A lot of young collectors don't have those huge houses and apartments to necessarily handle uh, these large pieces yet. Yeah. So, um, f um, for this first exhibition, I was, you know, visiting, I think, twenty-three Berlin galleries, and I asked them if I can could have a look in their storage, and I found a lot of a lot of uh, works by artists. I, I didn't know, mm -hmm. but when you check their, their, um, their Vita, I immediately found out that there were so many artists who were so successful in the 70s, 80s, 90s, mm. and they are totally forgotten. I mean, we yeah. had artists making shows at, at Documenta like twice or three times at Venice Biennial, and they're in big museums, uh, also in the in the United States and, and everywhere. But nowadays, nobody knows them anymore. I, I've heard this little story where, like, commonly people have been talking to me about somebody will go and do, let's say, a biennial or have some great thing, a documenta, a Paris art fair, whatever, Paris photo, something like this. And, and then after, like, a few years, like, their luster, maybe not even a few years, maybe after a year, it wears off. But when viewers see that they were part of let's say like venice biennial they're like oh they're set for life they've no. been in a biennial no. but yeah it's if totally you, not if true. you have a number one hit in in the music industry it doesn't mean that you will have success for your whole life right the market always needs new food yeah you're only as good as your most recent yeah. project yeah. and you need somebody who supports you like a gallery who works with you for many many years so let's get back to the positions. So the, the art fair, I mean, one of the things I'm always wondering about, like, and this is, I'm sorry if this sounds bad, but like, how do they support themselves? How do they get funded? How do you even start one? Like, where do you, how do you get it up and running? Is it sponsors and government funding? Like, do you, do you no, receive no, any grants? No, no government funding. No government We don't funding. want that. We want to be totally independent, and uh, we we even don't have. I mean, we are a small company, and we started small. We started with four people doing the first fair in two and a half months, 
And that was very crazy in 2014 in an empty storehouse in, in the very center of Berlin. Mm -hmm. And we knew that everybody was maybe not so interested in our art fair, but they were very curious uh, to see the location from inside because almost everybody in, in Berlin knew this 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 house and, and nobody had the chance to, you know, visit it. I love and see old it from dilapidated inside. places like and that. It was totally rotten inside and and so we decided, oh okay, we only have two and a half months. We we when we started we had no idea if we can find any exhibitor, you know, doing this crazy idea with us and uh, so we decided let's let's make it very cheap and let's let's try to create it like a typical berlin art fair like in the 80s mm -hmm. because that was the moment late 80s beginning of 90s where you know berlin is quite famous and and i hate all these articles also in the last days talking about why you know why is david zwirner gagosian all these big players why don't they come to berlin for an art fair i mean i don't care if they're here or not and also the art market in berlin exists since 25 years 30 years uh -huh. maximum there was nothing before here in berlin sure so we are so young still and we are the city of of you know art is produced in berlin and the discussion about contemporary art this happens in berlin maybe we maybe we don't we still don't have all these big collectors like london paris new york i mean they they have this since since centuries mm -hmm. we only are here with this since one generation this is utterly fascinating to hear because i'm an american i've lived in the middle east i now live in prague and everybody says oh berlin's art market is fabulous you should go to berlin so the outside world believes that berlin is amazing yeah it is it is amazing okay but not in terms of you know art market we don't have so many buyers here it's growing uh -huh. and as i said it's i mean we have this market existing just since 25 years sure so so it's very bootstrappy diy in the beginning and and so then you've now grown so for lack of a better way of explaining it would you say that like positions art fair is more on the line of like affordable art fairs no. for okay okay all right no. you want to stay away from that terminology yeah. i take it yeah okay yeah. i apologize no 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 problem i mean we we try to create a, a regular art fair classical art fair saying only galleries can apply okay we don't accept applications coming from artists okay and i am or we are very interested in galleries you know not not being on the main road um, of, I mean, if you visit, when you visit Fries or Art Basel or Armory, I mean, you always see the same galleries. You always see the same artists. Sometimes when you're, you know, in, in, into the middle of this chaos of an art fair, it's hard to remember where am I now? Am I in Basel? Am I in, in Hong Kong or, or New York? Which art fair is this? Because it all looks the same. And, there are so many fantastic and, and amazing galleries with such a strong program uh, created with so much love 
and they are not on the main street. Nobody knows them, and they are they are even not interested in you know to 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 participate in all these big art fairs. They don't have the money, and and maybe they think it's this is not my world. I don't want to work like this. Right. And I know, in the meantime, I know so many of these galleries, and and I really love what they do, because they work with the real young artists. Mm -hmm. I mean, has. I mean nothing against Gagosian, but but has he ever supported a young unknown artist? Maybe when he was young, also. Yeah, maybe, but I mean. But not since then. We, like I said, we we always think about how can we support galleries, young galleries, artists, young collectors. It's very admirable. I mean, because the general art fair vibe is very much like that el very very elitist uh yeah. like as far as both participating as a gallery but also elitist in the manner of like visitors kind of it's a luxury thing i mean art is expensive and you need to have you need to have the money to buy art absolutely you know? and the space to, to place it in your in life and it it always have been like that and it, it will always be like that so yeah i mean but there's a but there's a, a level that like, like i find like i've been to like art dubai and art abu dhabi and these kinds of places and like there's a level where like they're the, these galleries are coming with pieces that are you know 10 meters long and stuff and i'm like even if i had the money i don't have the space i had this this discussion with a very famous dis uh, collector in basel in june and i was surprised that they came up with this thought because we sat together, I know him since many years, we sat together having a coffee, and he started uh, the conversation, the discussion with this uh, sentence. When I started buying art, he, he told me, um, I had like 50,000, 60, 80,000 euros to invest mm -hmm. per year. Right. So if I would be this kind of collector nowadays, still, what can I buy here in Basel? Yeah. There is nothing. The prices have gone so high. And, you know, the, the regular base of collectors who are making all these normal middle-sized galleries, you know, not the top 1% uh, represented on all these, all these big fairs, I mean, the, the, the regular collector is a lawyer, is a doctor, is, you know, they have some money, but they are not able to invest a million a year. Right. And, I mean, you cannot find anything at all these big fairs if you want to buy something for 50,000 euros. It's very hard to find something. It is, and it, it seems like it goes in like waves. Like I mean, yeah, I this is the art market. The art market is always in waves. Well, but even art fairs seem to go in waves. Like I watched the. They same are part of the market. I know. Yeah, but they only like, react. <laughs> it's true, but like they they bring very expensive pieces, and then they realize, oh wait, nobody's buying really expensive pieces. Then like two years later, it'll be you know. Yeah, more this is always a, this is always expensive. a bad sign if you if you're visiting an art fair like one of the big art fairs, you know, and they show all these very expensive works from like uh, they owe them since maybe ten, twenty, thirty years mm -hmm. from their from their storage. Uh -huh. This is a bad sign for the market. That always means. There's a crisis coming up. Interesting. Okay. Good good little forecaster for that. I like that. And if the market goes well, 
and you you see that on art fairs because everybody is you know very brave and and uh, uh, is you know ex show, showing experimental young artists, then everything is cool. Okay, again, great forecast. So like <laughs> you, you walk in an art fair and you see super expensive stuff, run away. Old stuff, old stuff. Old you know, stuff. When they when they when they uh, um, show their storage. I don't know how to say that in English. Um, yeah, their their collection basically. The their gold. Yeah, the stuff they've been hoarding for years yeah. that they're finally yeah. now willing to sell off. That means we need money. Interesting. Okay. See, this is the kind of stuff that, like, I as a outsider, we don't we don't know these little nuances of these things. I love and these this. waves on the art market. This is the normal uh, situation on the market. Yeah. Okay. I always say. The crisis is the regular standard uh, crisis of the every day. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now when you're not doing like literally at the art fair, so like right now we're literally recording this in the middle of the art fair. Uh, are you running a gallery? Are you doing consulting? What do you do the rest of the year? Uh, and prepare being in preparation for the next fair. Okay, I mean, the so next one is in three so weeks. You're a hundred percent art fair director. Yeah, That's yeah, your full time yeah, job. Yeah. Okay, I, I mean we do five art fairs a year now, and uh, that's a lot. That's uh, yeah, and it, it needs time in between to to visit galleries, to to find new galleries, to visit okay. exhibitions. Well, that, that's an interesting thing. Like in my my experiences with art fairs it's galleries apply to participate yeah, but, sure, they but, do. but you're saying sometimes you also go out yeah, but you have a you know you have a vision in your head how it would be you know perfect to to the perfect look of our fair uh -huh. of course i have a there's a vision and of course i have galleries or programs of galleries i really would love to have here and you know to be honest not everybody wants to be part of this art fair not everybody wants to be part so of any sometimes art fair. it's a, it's a bit work and and nowadays where we have internet and emails it's always the same i could i can write like 100 emails to a gallery saying i love your program i want you to to participate it's the same as if I call them like 10 times, but if I visit them in their rooms once, this is it. Yeah, I know. I, I do like portfolio reviews and other things like this. And like every single time I talk to anybody, no matter how much you use technology, no matter how much you love technology, the art industry is still handshakes and conversations. Yeah, and see artworks in the flesh. I mean... Uh, well, but Images. also people. It's relationships. Yeah, it's really it ends it's up being communication. About that. Yeah, and I want to see the galleries, and I want to see how the the location looks like, how they hang their exhibitions, well, and they want to meet you. Like they don't want to read an email from you or hear a phone call from you. They they want to meet, meet you as much as you want to meet them. They they don't want to meet me, but I'm I'm still I, I I'm going to visit them anyway. So, and sometimes uh, it's like everywhere in the world and and in life you know after after a minute you know if you if you like each other or not right and if there's a way to you know bring them to berlin or or not but at least i've seen an exhibition i may be with an artist i've you know which is new for me maybe and uh, i like that 
well, it's just nice hearing that you're the director of an art fair and you actually will go out and and seek out yeah i, I want to see art i mean this is why i do that i love art i cannot exist without art i know but like outside of like you know the the, the general public the non-artists non-working in the arts whatever they imagine that people who run art fairs are just sitting in their offices just like making phone calls and like arranging no, no, no. for logistics i mean uh, you, you could ask every director of every art fair like art basel uh, freeze or whatever they all travel a lot to Great. see art okay well that's good to know i mean you know i'm trying to dispel rumors basically like you all don't just sit in your ivory tower and count your money and coordinate things yeah, and count, things like count this. the like, money you're, that you're, would be nice <laughs> <laughs> no but you're actually out on the ground trying to you know progress things also trying to make it better make it more interesting more dynamic whatever the, each art fair wants no i mean art is our passion i mean if it if it's you know only the question how can we make as lot money you know as possible choose another profession don't don't work in the art business it's very hard to survive i understand yes so i'm i'm very interested because as i said my background is photography i'm very interested in the papers yeah. uh, positions um tell me just elaborate on that a bit more so like why did other than just the uh, a space thing that first time i mean con choosing to continue it and then grow it like why it it all happened by accident as i said the first thing was we found this location it was only possible to do something with works on paper it was extremely successful i sat there alone and when we opened and five minutes later i had to call my staff to come and help me uh, because i was surprised uh, the next night i had to call almost every gallery hey listen i have sold your works i need some new works here and uh, we were very surprised so then we decided okay we wanted to have it more international not only you know works from 23 berlin galleries and the only way to to do that also in terms of of you know having money to produce it uh, we decided to make a fair out of it and but it was still the same location still small uh -huh. so the setting was the same but we sent out a newsletter listen uh, it's a new art fair in berlin during gallery weekend uh, apply if you want to participate so we had like 30 participants coming from the united states and china and i was surprised but Berlin Gallery Weekend is, is quite famous and everybody knows there are interesting uh, visitors. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did that and then we had a lot of sales going to Munich. So the, the idea was very quickly born. We had to do something in Munich, you know, so they don't have to travel to Berlin to buy some art. Sure. So we started that in Munich. And well, but even that's just an interesting dynamic. You are choosing instead of setting up an art fair in a particular place let's take berlin because it's the most sort of centralized in germany that instead of saying okay everybody has to come to us we're going to go to you yeah because i mean i was always wondering why there's no art fair for contemporary art in munich because they have so many fantastic galleries and institutions museums I've heard this. Yeah. and collections and nobody tried to found an art fair there so 
and for us it was a big decision. We always had the idea and the dream of going to Basel. But first, the first step was let's do something, you know, outside Berlin in Germany, in a, in a city we know and we have some friends there to, to help us and to Again, support relationships, us. relationships, connections, yeah. Yeah, and we had a small team and, you know, we, we cannot do, you know, it, it, wouldn't be, it would be impossible to do something next year in New York. I yeah. don't have, I mean, I, we have some connections there, but it's too far away. You have to do that step by step. And our our main goal a few years ago was we, we want to do something in Basel. So first step, can we organize an art fair outside Berlin, but in Germany? So we we did it. It worked out very good. Then... Yeah, we were sure, okay, we can do something in, in Switzerland, mm -hmm. which is very, very complicated. I would um, imagine. And so we will see what's coming up next. We have been to Mexico City already, which is very, very interesting. Um, maybe there. I don't know. There are so many interesting cities. And with paper... I mean, Paper Positions Munich, we did it twice. It was very successful. And this year we are changing it a bit. It's not only Paper Positions anymore. It's a mixture of, uh, it's a Positions Munich with a section of Paper Positions. Okay. Because you, you have to know a city quite good before you do something there. Sure. You need to do you your know, research. I, we, we, I, I need to have the, the taste and the smell and, uh, so, okay. So paper positions, which I'm, I'm very, again, still very interested in, is it, uh, so does it differ from standard positions? So like, is it still galleries or it's still galleries, artists or? it's still galleries, but we do it without regular booths. Oh, we try, we still want to, we still want to have this feeling of a exhibition. So every, every gallery has its own kind of space like wall space to be there and you know not to be annoyed by their neighbors but for the visitor it's you know sometimes visitors are a bit shy to enter a booth because it sometimes really looks like a private space yes. with a big table and chairs and computers nobody is looking at you and say hello welcome and we are always interested in you know working with young collectors or people who are interested but are still a bit shy to buy something so the the this makes it a bit more easy for everybody to to talk about art and to communicate and to mm -hmm. meet people we still work with this idea of an exhibition but it's an art fair if an artist is listening to this podcast, how, what is the way that they can participate in an art fair? Because that's always the question is, how does an artist get to an art fair? I know that there are a lot of art fairs in the world where an artist can participate directly presenting yes, his so, works. Yeah. Never do that. They only want your money and uh, don't do that i love it okay no it's great. really i mean what do you expect as an artist i mean what do you expect okay i i think that is excellent advice i've always wondered about that because i've seen those art fairs where they're like oh yeah if you pay x amount you get a space and you can exhibit your work but those yeah, are not but, where the collectors but most go, of the artists and it's not part of their job they are not they are not 
you know they don't know these these psychological things to sell their works it's not their job well the, and the point of the art fair is is that the for to a lack of a better way of explaining it, but like the arbiters of good taste the galleries the people that have the expertise and all this have have basically said we have chosen this artist and yeah. we think they are quality yeah. therefore people should respect and our this opinion this is very important for for buyers and right. for visitors and you have i mean there are even these these art fairs where you have galleries and artists and this is even more stupid because i i, I totally i mean imagine you have a gallery you pay your employees you you pay your rent for your room for the openings for traveling shipping, shipping and you and have insurance. to pay the same amount of money you know like the the artist next to you uh sorry but this is i mean uh, whether the the gallery is paying not enough money to rent the booth or the artist is paying away too much money right but i mean they're, they're don't still do that as an artist my advice don't do that they they really they only want to make their money with you i get it the you need a gallery that's sort of what to i was look leading for a to. gallery yeah. i know it's hard and i i mean i i have so much respect for for artists this is the this is the the hardest job i can imagine i know that that side of the business from you know working as musician and songwriter and it's horrible because it's it's your i mean everything of your soul is into your work and suddenly there are other people dealing with it and this is sometimes this is so horrible and i mean impossible for me yesterday somebody asked me if i could imagine to be an artist and i said no nightmare I mean, really, I, I have so much respect. So, yeah, my, my advice is you need a gallery. That's a great advice. I mean, Visit galleries before you send something because it's the stupidest thing you could do is just sending an email with your works and you have never been in that gallery. Your work has to fit into their program. This is so important. Okay, I've... I I've had a question about that, and I've asked a number of people this. Maybe you're not the right person for this, but I think you have the background. The idea of fitting into a gallery's program, is it that you want to match? What, like, so like, let's say there's an artist that you work similarly to. Do you want to find the gallery that, that carries that artist? Or do you want, is the, is the idea of fitting into their program um, being something being the unique thing that they don't already carry it's try and error because right. every so gallerist, every gallerist is, a, is a different person and and why they like one artist and you know not the other one uh, you have to find out Okay. Yeah, because I mean, like, I've done research on trying to get a gallery for myself at, at times in my life and I'm always like Do I seek galleries that represent basically people just like me or people or galleries that ha don't have something like me in order to round out yeah, their that's roster? A, that's a good question. I, I mean, I would try first, I would try to find galleries with artists who I think uh, work on my on my issues, uh, okay. who are very similar to my works. 
and um, yeah it's it's really try and error sorry there is no there is no real advice no i, I know there's how not. to find a gallery uh, i mean if there would be something i would write a book and make a say, lot of money there's tons it. of self-help books out there that <laughs> yeah. like give you for, advice for on all this for, forget it i mean don't buy these books there is no there is no such a real thing about it i know and and i came into doing this podcast with vocabulary like i'm trying to learn the trick or i'm trying to learn the, there is and no I, trick yeah there is nothing forget it there is and nothing. if it's if it's written on the on the book or i'm trying to learn there the is system. a trick like trying yeah. to figure out the system there's no system it's not it's just you you do what you do as well as you can do it and you really just hope that your timing and your your and it needs luck as well yeah. i mean even participating on an art fair as an ex, as a exhibitor you need luck Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just miss the person who's running around at the fair and you just don't see him or her. Yeah. It's really luck. A lot of it seems to be that. It is like that. Yeah. Like in every profession, in every business, you always need luck. Which leads to my next question, which I'm guessing your answer is going to be luck, but I'm still going to ask it anyways. As part of the podcast I created a quantifiable outcome to try and sort of show that I've been able to learn how the industry works in whatever fashion, which is to try and get a piece of my artwork on exhibition in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Just one piece and just in one exhibition. And I'm asking everybody that I talk to, what's a step that can be done in that process to try to achieve that kind of a goal? I mean, it can be any institution, but my quantifiable one is... Museum of Modern Art. So you want to know the way how to how to bring your work into that show? I mean, a step in the way. Like I don't for the MoMA. The entire... That's that's wow. That's a challenge. I figure well, if I'm going to set a one challenge, one of the big galleries to to present your works. Maybe it could help to meet Jerry Saltz and and have a good relation with him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. But it's a nice idea. It's impossible to to come into one of these shows. Yeah. But, but maybe you have luck. I mean, as I said in the very beginning, um, I have I have seen so many artworks from artists who have been so successful in the sixties, seventies, eighties, and um, well, sometimes these things happen that somebody sees your work and you know says wow this is so still so unique and so contemporary and uh, even if the artist already died it could happen you know like there's so many examples i can't find a name right now maybe we had the we had this very funny thing uh for the second or third paper positions uh art fair I had an application coming from a gallery from abroad and I didn't like the application but for us sometimes it's very interesting to have a gallery from this country because it's the only application coming from this country. So I checked their program on the website and I found an artist and I liked her work immediately and so I was researching a bit and I was so surprised to find out who this you know this artist was and uh, how successful and famous she was in the 60s mm -hmm. and so i called this gallery to say listen 
uh, we need a solo show with this with this artist you have to come you have to show her because this is this is a story for us what right. we, you know we are always looking for stories we can tell to visitors collectors press and so they came with this with these works and uh, i mean everybody went crazy i had advisors calling me asking can you make a can you make an image can you send something i heard about this artist so sometimes these things happen yeah the nature of a story is is a really important aspect that a lot of people who are not involved in the whole thing uh in in the industry don't understand that the, the story of or the story behind or the story about the connection you know, you're you're buying you're collecting stories kind of that story is is almost the most important thing no not the most important okay. thing but it's important and it makes it much easier to to sell something i mean this is this is the same in every business and not only in the art business and of course every gallery needs to is it's it's much easier to sell something if there is a special story behind it and for us it's during an art fair the only thing we can we can sell is information and is you know interest and so this is so much easier to sell uh with a story sure and and for me it's always so much fun to make tours guided tours if there are stories because uh if you if you see an artwork sometimes you see everything with your eyes immediately in front of it but i think would say in in 95% of works i see there's a, there's a there's so much more behind that and you have to ask and you have to learn the story and and what is all about you know what is the story behind this and for me as a as a guide in that moment it's it's more fun and it's easier you know to to tell stories i love that yeah so now what's the future of positions i don't know i, I really don't know we have there are a lot of interesting cities in the world but we are limited because we make our money by renting booths with this money we can we can have people working with us in our staff and this amount of not employees of of colleagues uh they this is you know they this limits us uh, on how many fairs or exhibitions we can do during a year and it's very hard to say one day maybe to paper positions i don't know where uh, we can't do that anymore because we are limited with you know time and money and we have to make a decision between you know city a and city b that would be very sad and and just to be clear you don't take any money from governments no. do you do any sponsorships any corporate just sponsors small. So if a, a big sponsor is listening to this, you know, we we are, you know, you can buy us. <laughs> yeah. You you'll take <laughs> Not a totally, big but uh we always interested in, you know, in support. Okay. We have a lot of supporters also with with some money, but you know, these big companies, I think the the good times at the moment it's it's, you know, we are in a not in the middle or in the beginning of a upcoming crisis, I think. There I've are heard too this. many galleries, too many art fairs, too many of everything. Too many big corporate collections even. Like yeah. it feels like those corporate collections are not yeah. 
buying as much. They're not as involved. They're not expanding as much, basically, as they once were buying up a lot of works. Yeah, and the political situations in many, many countries are so crazy and and stupid and and i mean we also have to deal with that i mean right yeah i mean so this is you know again something that a lot of people on the outside don't think about is that the economic situation in the world and or in the country you're in ends up affecting the scale and the 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 quantity and the quality potentially even the quality of an art fair that happens in a given yeah, is country. there enough uh, said there enough uh, money to be spent uh, into the art market well but is there enough money in the art market to even participate in these art fairs yeah like i mean because if there if there aren't enough people buying artwork then the galleries don't have the money to participate in the art fair so it ends up being this again sort of vicious cycle that the the, the world economy trickles down through this whether we like it or not, even though it has nothing to do with us. And we don't, uh, I mean, it's it's very important not to forget whatever you read in the big newspapers and the big magazines about there's a record in auction for artist A and, you know, big gallery is selling for millions of dollars to collector B. This is just the 1% of the art market. Well, it's also the secondary market, generally. No, not only. Not only. No? Okay. No, not only. Yeah. But, I mean, but those are the rare. But this is really, this is not the art market. There even doesn't exist the art market. There are so many art markets. We, we you know, only to have a look at Germany, there is not one art market in Germany. There is a there are so many art markets in Berlin and in Düsseldorf and in Munich and everywhere. The art market doesn't exist. And that leads me to think about social media and the internet and all that, how how people are saying like, oh, the art market is becoming more global. But is it really becoming more global? No, no, it's not. Right. It's not. It has been global all the time. I mean not all the time, but since before the internet, uh since 50s 60s yeah but 99 percent of artists and galleries uh, they really have to work very very hard to survive and it it all starts from having a foundation though like i mean you were saying you started positions in berlin and then from the basis of having something that, that works well there you then sort of went to Munich, and then you went to Frankfurt. So it, a lot of people think that you should jump to some faraway market where you have no connections, but it, it really is about... Yeah, there are a lot, even there are a lot of, lot of requests, you know, coming from people from abroad to do that. But uh, we need a strong connection. There has to be at least one or two people we trust and who really can help us because they know people in town i mean it doesn't make sense to like a you know like a starship to go somewhere landing there and and uh, being successful i mean we are a small company and we have to do it very very you know small steps step by step uh, learning from fair to fair from edition to edition and growing but slowly Great. All right. I know you've got somewhere else to be. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming. Thank you.